G'day friends, welcome back to the John Wick Trilogy is directed by Chad Stahelski. All three films, they star Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Ian McShane, Lance Reddick, Halle Berry, Willem Dafoe, John Leguizamo, Ruby Rose, Angelica Houston, Alfie Allen, and a buttload of other people. And they are brilliant entertainment, especially when you're in lockdown. Over the last couple of weeks, I've watched all three of them. I have seen them before, but I watched all three of them just for a bit of fun. Why else do you watch a John Wick movie? And I'm going to break all three of them down right now, all together. So let's get into it. So I'll run through the plot first of the three movies. So the three movies together cover a span of about three weeks, two to three weeks approximately, right? And they run immediately from one into the other. They, you know, there's, there's no time between one finishing and the other beginning from one to two and two to three, right? Chapter four is scheduled to come out in May of next year. Don't know what the deal is going to be with that. Um, but the, the trilogy, as it is, it's all, it's all like you could just well, you could watch it all together as one long movie. But anyway, the, the, the story, mate, the whole idea of it, right? John Wick, Keanu Reeves is a retired mega assassin, like basically the best in the world. Um, he's been retired for five years. He's living happily with his wife and she dies. Uh, it's never said, I don't think, but I believe it's meant to be of cancer, right? So she dies, uh, following her death, a puppy dog gets delivered to his house, to John Wick's house, along with a note from his late wife saying, I know I'm gone, yada, yada, yada. Here's something for you to love. So she sends him a little beagle thing and it's really cute. He's a good boy. And, you know, John Wick's really sad about it. And then he goes for a drive one day with the dog. He's filling up the car with with gas. And Alfie Allen, who's the son of this Russian gangster, sees the car, likes the car. They harass John a little bit. John's all quiet and stoic and... Noir and all of that. So he's just like, leave me alone. He drives off. And then Alfie Allen later on shows up at John Wick's house. They break into his house. They kill his dog. They beat the shit out of him. And they take his car. Basically it, right? They don't know who he is somehow. So 
His dad knows who he is. His dad is this big Russian gangster, right? Who who knows John personally, right? You know, pretty much everyone in the in the underworld of the world knows who John is, right? Um. So you know, John recovers from his injuries, and pretty much he goes on a you know, an, a movie long rampage, and. Like basically that, that that is the entire rest of the movie. It's him going after Alfie Allen. I forget the actual character's name. The, the Russian boy going after him, trying to kill him, and then also killing his dad. And basically, once the dad, the Russian gangster, realizes that his son has killed John Wick's dog and taken his car, basically, and this is all the character development you need for John Wick. That's why these movies are so good. They're very simple. Very, very simple. Right? They are simple and fun. Right? That You know, people like these the same reason they like the Fast and Furious. Right? They are silly, simple, fun. Right? Basically, the Russian gangster just goes, you're fucked. We're all fucked. You, you, you killed John Wick's dog and you took his car. You killed his fucking dog, he, he says. And the one bit in this movie, just in the first one that I don't quite get, is is like, obviously he doesn't want his son to die, but he isn't shown to have a whole lot of love for his son. His son's a little bit of a brat, not very smart, clearly. I don't know why he doesn't just throw him to the wolves. Like, you know, to, to get to where he is in the Russian gangster hierarchy, you've got to be pretty cutthroat. That's right. You know, knowing who John Wick is, why even bother try and protect yourself or your son with your army of henchmen? Just, just let him kill your boy and everything's all good. But no, he, our, the son has a whole army of henchmen. The dad has a whole army of henchmen. And, you know, the, the the entire rest of the movie is John Wick just killing them all before killing the two of them. And that's it, basically. Um, and, you know, th- this is the least enjoyable of the three movies. Not a whole lot happens. It is basically all about establishing the enigma. Who is this John Wick guy? He's an assassin. Cool. Oh, he's he strikes fear into the hearts of the most intense men in the world, right? This big, scary Russian gangster finds out that his son is 100% going to die because he wronged John Wick. He just accepts it. He's like, oh, you're like, he just, he considers his son dead immediately, immediately. And that's all you need to know. Like you are told straight away what the rest of the movie is going to be. And it plays out. As expected. It's great. And then we run straight into John Wick 2. And he's still on this rampage. He's now going on to the uncle. So the brother of the Russian gangster. Who is another Russian gangster. Killing him early on. And then he finds himself. Now this this is a this is a very, very cool aspect of these, these movies. And it's why they're just a little bit better than your standard action thriller. There are these places called Continental hotels, the continental hotels. And there are, you know, we only see a couple of them. The main one that we see is the one in New York, and that is run by Ian McShane's character, Winston. 
And the Continental is basically the the hotel for assassins, right? They can go there, they can relax, they can be safe, they can, you know, maybe they need a suit made, maybe they need some more weaponry, they can go and sort that out at the Continental. The uh, the external shots, I believe only in John Wick 1, but maybe in the rest, it's, it's the, the Flatiron building in New York, which is the start of Wall Street, very recognizable building. Um, but yeah, it's a cool concept that they're, they're, it's consecrated ground. So they're totally safe. They can't kill each other while they're in the continental, which is a cool idea. Um, and I believe they're working on making a show around the continental hotel, which I like. Um, but yeah, after John's finished with his rampage, he goes back to the continental and another cool thing in these movies is everyone has all these different markers and tokens and coins that all relate to different levels of debt that they owe to other people. There's different tiers. It's not explained very at all. It doesn't need to be, right? You know, someone will take this gold coin, they'll give it to someone and they'll do them an extra special favor. Or they'll have this little like makeup mirror looking thing, but it's just like a really big coin. It opens up in the middle. It's got this little thumb spike and you can spike your thumb, press your butt into the thing. It's like a pact you can make with someone else, right? There's all these different things. And this guy, this Italian guy asks, I think he, John owes him a favor. I don't fucking know. He, he asks him for a favor. He has, you know, he has, he wants John to go and kill his sister, right? Who is, you know, another big underworld figure over in Rome. So... I think because he kind of has to, he does this Italian guy a favor to go and kill his Italian sister, who John is, is friends with, actually. He's friends with lots of people, John, but this lady in particular, he you know, is close with. It's, again, not explained, but it doesn't need to be. He goes to Rome. We get a really cool gear-up scene. He goes to what's called a sommelier, but they're not. it's not to do with wine. It's to do with weaponry, and he has this tailored tactical suit made, um, he wears a tactile neck for the Archer fans out there. A whole big setup scene. He goes to, you know, the, this, you know, this like castle. I don't fucking know that she's living in. He kills her. And then I forget why, but he's then upset at the other Italian guy. So he goes back to New York to kill him, but he's hiding in the continental. And then John kills him anyway in the hotel so now Ian McShane has to be like, right, you fucked up. I don't care if we're buddies. I've got to get everyone to come and get you now because this is consecrated grounds and you killed a guy. So then we run straight from that into, into John Wick 3. And then John Wick 3 is just John Wick running away from all the assassins in the world trying to get him. Basically, that's it. That's the trilogy in a nutshell. Um, I, I went through one pretty well two is cool it, it ups the ante just a little bit uh from from one i really i like how we get more stuff in the continental i like how we get the gear up scene in rome that's pretty cool um but again apart from that it doesn't add a whole lot like the action again is a little bit better nothing that's super memorable um the the, the filming of the action improves there's a couple of long takes uh the gunplay is really really high quality it's high quality across the board but in the second one there is a noticeable improvement 
Um, oh, something I forgot to mention is at the end of the second one, at the end of the first one, sorry, after he's killed everybody, he's quite hurt. He gets hurt a lot. Um, he goes to just the you know, nearest by place where there's medicine, which is like a vet kind of, and he's in this room, you know, administering first aid to himself. And there's a whole bunch, bunch of dogs that are going to be euthanized. So he rescues one. So he gets a new dog and it's this beautiful, gorgeous blue Staffy, who's also a very cute, very good little boy. And then the Staffy hangs around with him for the rest of the trilogy, which is really good. I'm glad they don't kill that dog as well. Um, but yeah, so the, again, the second one is cool. Not amazing. But then we get to the third one. The third one is what I want to talk about because the third one is out standing and it lifts the entire trilogy like the first two are enjoyable you can like have them on in the background maybe you're doing other stuff maybe you're cooking something maybe you're doing some work from home whatever you can have them on in the background but this one this is entertainment plus and you you got to have complete focus and undivided attention on this movie so as i said the second one ends with Ian McShane putting a hit out, basically, on John Wick. It's called Excommunicado, which means you are no longer under the protection or whatever of the high table. It's called, there's this whole body order in society of all these assassins. And once this is enacted, it turns out that the city of New York, like, I don't know, 30% of its population are assassins because John Wick is, is again, he's injured. He's injured all the time. That's one thing about these movies. The, the number of times that he gets stabbed, shot, kicked, punched, thrown through glass cases, thrown through windows, hit by cars, is in a car that hits something else. In, in the space of two or three weeks, there is no way at all he'd be able to continue to do the things he does. He'd have to be in hospital for a month after each movie. Anyway. Um, but yeah, he has to go on the run, right? And as he's running through New York City, like every single person he walks past is an assassin who tries to kill him. They're either, they either look at him and let him go, or they get up, they get, go after him, they try to stop him. He has to kill people everywhere he goes, everywhere he goes. The first place that he goes is a library, because in some random book on some random shelf, he's got a cutout. And inside the book, it's got some stuff that he needs. Again, some sort of markers or symbols that he can use to cash in favors that people owe him, right? He goes to this library and then this big tall dude shows up and tries to kill him. He kills him with a library book and it's pretty gruesome and pretty creative. It, and it this very short fight scene sets the tone big time for the rest of the movie because after the library, he goes to like this museum I think it is it's got it's this big room with a whole heap of weapons in glass cabinets and there is a knife fight between John Wick and about half a dozen other dudes right and this knife fight is unbelievable it is so intense they're, they're all they're fighting hand to hand with the knives they're throwing them at each other a really cool aspect of the fight is that you know, some of the knives get thrown and they don't hit anything. They hit handle end into a person. They just fall on the floor, which is a cool 
like thing that I thought they included. But God, it is brutal. It is brutal. What one thing that is consistent with John Wick throughout the three movies is he, when he kills you, he fucking kills you. It's not, you know, it won't be two gunshots to the chest. He'll finish it off with a headshot or it won't be one, two, three knives that he's thrown into your torso. It'll be one to the groin and then one to the head to, uh, to, to finish you off. And th this, this fight, like with the library book thing, it sets the tone for the rest of the movie. And it's why these movies are so entertaining that they, they are geared more towards men for sure. They can be enjoyed by all children, adults, childish adults, whatever you need. Um, but they are just, there's so much fun. There's this funny thing. There's this running joke I had with my girlfriend myself. And I think most men can make sounds with our mouths very easily. We can make like gunshot sounds like, pew, 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 you know, whatever, or like a, like we, we can imitate the sound that you might, you might see written on a comic book, like a whoops, that sort of thing. Cat can't do that. I don't know why she can't do it. Apparently there's a lot of women that can't do it either. I don't know why, but there, there has to be a connection with men being able to make these sounds and us enjoying these kind of movies. Because you, you can sit there and watch a fight like this knife fight and you can you can sort of, you know, you can foley art along with it. <laughs> you can go whoosh, bang, smash, you know, like, as it goes. And you you can, your adrenaline starts to build and your heart rate goes up and you get so excited. You're like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. It's very primal to see someone kill someone else, even on a TV screen, in such brutal and efficient fashion. I don't know. It is very, very, very enjoyable. And then... He moves on from this museum place, whatever it is. And then somehow he ends up in a stable. I don't know. He's just walking through downtown New York and he goes from a, a knife museum to a stable in about one block. I don't know what's going on, but there's more dudes that he has to kill in this stable. And he's at first he's just fighting them. And then all these horses are just standing there. And at one point there's this guy standing behind a horse. John Wick's just smacked him around a little bit. So he's a little bit stunned. And then... <laughs> And then something that I remember when I watched this movie for the first time and I watched the gunfight, I was like, oh, that was sick. I loved that. And then it started to get funny. It started to get really funny. This guy is standing behind this horse. Wick slaps it on the ass and the horse double kicks this dude's fucking face off. It just goes, whoosh. see, there's one of those sounds again. And it just lays him flat dead on the ground. And then there's this other dude who's about 15 seconds later, he's fighting. And then he does the same thing because he's realized it works quite well, but he does it about two or three times. He slaps the horse over and over again and the horse just goes bang, bang, bang. It is so much fun. Oh, it's so much fun to watch. This movie is just a blast. And then basically what he does, that's whatever he got out of that library book, he goes to see Angelica Houston. She like, I don't know, guess raised I think he was raised in like a black widow type environment it's like a ballet school but there's also guys learning how to wrestle in there I don't know what's going on but he takes her and she helps him get out of New York even though everyone's trying to kill him and he goes to Morocco and he visits Halle Berry and she has two killer Belgian Malinois and they they kill a bunch of people and there's really cool action sequences with them oh god it is so great 
It is so great. The whole the whole Morocco sequence until they get to the desert. That's where the movie kind of stops for a bit. But once he meets Halle Be- meets up with Halle Berry, and him, her, and the two dogs go to to visit this guy, and there's this amazing, amazing sequence where they're escaping afterwards, and the t- and the two Belgian shepherds are. Uh, you know, in perfect coordination, they're jumping over things to kill dudes. Halle Berry's like whistling and they'll distract a guy and she can shoot him. And then her and John Wick are like coordinating and it's all, it's all in like, you know, long takes and it's, you know, it's all coordinated really well. Like the choreography is amazing. The choreography is amazing across the three movies, but this scene in particular where you, you always know where it's, it's tight and it's dark but it's so succinct and well shot. You know where everyone is in relation to everyone else. Oh, God, it's good. It's so, so good. Action movies get a hard rap, but they, when they're done well, God, they are good. Look at look at Mad Max from a few years ago. It, it, it won everything at the Academy Awards in 20, bloody 16, 17, whenever it came out. And it's, it's an action movie, but they can be amazing. John Wick 3 is amazing. It's so amazing. Oh. And then the, the other part of what's going on in John Wick 3 is there's this lady who's not very nice. She's called an adjudicator. And she works for the high table and she's gone to see what happened with Ian McShane. She's like, John Wick killed someone in your hotel. He goes, yes. He's like, and you let him go? Yes. Why? Mm, yes. You know, like he's in trouble because he didn't kill John Wick immediately, um, and he has to sort of fandangle his way out of being in trouble. But then there's also Lawrence Fishburne's character, who is like he's like Ian McShane's character, but he runs this enormous group of assassins who masks themselves themselves as homeless people. And they're like spies on the streets. So there's hundreds of them. We see them everywhere. So, you know, he says, I've got eyes on every corner. New York City has a lot of corners. Like I, I was, I was like the, I said before, but the number of people who must live in New York City and are actively involved in the assassin underworld, you know, world, there's about eight and a half, nine million people that live in New York City. I think one or two million of them must be involved in this world somehow. Um, but yeah, you've got Lawrence Fishburne's character who him and his homeless buddies, they also helped John at some point. So this adjudicator goes to see him as well. And there's this one. So he gave John Wick a gun with seven bullets that one, I forget when, I think it was in the second movie, just to help him along. Right. And she's upset about that for some reason, just because she's not a very nice lady. And she has hired this other assassin, Zero, his name is. And he's sort of going around with her. He's he's sort of hunting John Wick a little bit. But she and him go to see Lawrence Fishburne. And there's another very, very funny moment where basically she's like, right, you gave John Wick seven bullets. Your penance will be seven cuts. And Lawrence Fishburne just goes, well, sometimes you just have to cut a motherfucker. (laughs) Like, 
what? What? There's so much going on here. For, like, basically, he's like, I don't care what I did. Do what you want to me. It's cool. I get it. Like, I don't really give a shit, basically. Like, oh, like it's so good. And, and it's just, sometimes you got to cut a motherfucker. Like, how, that, first of all, it's hilarious. And also, it's so badass. And then Zero just, like, slices him to bits, even, and somehow he survives. Um, a lot of people survive pretty miraculous stuff in this movie. Fishburne survives that. John Wick survives, at the, at the very end, after surviving all the stuff he goes through, he, in the final fight scene, he gets kicked through about 15 glass cabinets. He gets stabbed, kicked, punched. He's been shot across the three. This, these movies are only taking place over like 20 days. He goes through a lot of stuff. And then at the very end, he gets shot about three times. He falls off a roof, smashes his head on a fire escape, and then smashes his head onto the concrete ground. He's fallen 100 meters and he still survives. No wonder when he kills someone, he shoots him five times in the body and then twice in the head. He's like, God, if, if, if I can survive literally anything, I'm not going to risk one of these guys surviving something. Oh, God. But anyway, where was I? Hand Halle Berry and the, and, the, and the Belgian shepherds are killing people in Morocco. And then they go and see this guy out in the desert who is above the high table. It's just, it's law on top of law that doesn't matter. It's just more fluff that we don't need unless they want to make, you know, a 10 episode show about it. We don't need this fluff. Just move on and get to more killing. I don't even know what, I think he has to go and see this guy to get his, like, position reinstated this guy's like the the top of the top he's the big big boss one of the big bosses i don't know he's very important and to to pledge his fealty he says john has to cut off a finger which he does and this guy in the desert's like cool you're back in but he's still got zero hunting him so him and zero have to fight it out there's a funny moment where zero says that he's actually a really big fan of John Wick and like yada 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 basically the gist of what I'm saying is these movies are so much fun if, if you're if you're living in Victoria or New South Wales and you're balls deep in a lockdown right now these movies are perfect to put on right I, I discovered an amazing service that JB Hi-Fi Offers. This might not be amazing to a lot of people, but it blows my mind. I didn't, I, I've owned the John Wick DVDs for a while, but I ordered some other DVDs. This is something you could do if you wanted to get your hands on the John Wick trilogy. I went onto the website, JB Hi-Fi website. I looked up the DVDs I wanted. I purchased them. This was at about, I don't know, 12.30 in the afternoon. Three hours later, they were delivered to my house. And on a no same day delivery is a thing. But this was a few hours later. These weren't like big DVDs. There was a couple of seasons of The Walking Dead that I hadn't, that I didn't have. I was filling in my collection. And they just got them, brought them to my house. Some guy that works at the store, obviously the store's not open, but some guy that works at the store just put took it off the shelf, put it in one of their yellow bags and brought it to my house. It's like, that is brilliant. If it's not on Netflix, I can just, 
pretty much order it from JB Hi-Fi. They'll bring it to my house. You should do that with the John Wick movie. Seriously, it's amazing. It's brilliant fun. You can get whatever you want. Anyway, that blows my mind. Um, yeah, that, that is basically all I have to say about the John Wick trilogy. I do not have enough praise for it, especially chapter three. It is just enormous fun. It is so entertaining, especially if you're a guy that likes the slash bang, you know, all the fun action-y sounds and stuff. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot more praise I can give it. it. They are enormously fun. You don't even have, you can watch them in isolation. Not when you're in isolation, you can watch them by themselves, any of them. You don't have to have seen the others yet, it'll make more sense, but they're perfectly entertaining on their own. The first one is a great little, like if they hadn't made any others, great little, just, you know, little fun movie. Um, but yeah, they are really well made. They are well shot. The cinematography is beautiful. There's lots of great little details on rewatch. The acting's really good. Um, there's lots of fun references to other Keanu Reeves movies. There's good Matrix references, there's speed references. Um, Yes, I very much look forward to seeing Chapter 4. Hopefully it can come out next year. Hopefully there's no lockdowns uh, that impede it, because I'm sure it'll be... They'll up the ante even more and get even more creative with the different ways you can violently murder people. All right. Thanks heaps for listening to this one, guys. Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. Remember to leave reviews. Um... You can say anything you want. If you want to say something negative, that's fair enough. If you want to say something positive, that's preferable. Um, subscribing is super easy. Um, you could subscribe and then you could turn your notifications off. So you do me a favor and it doesn't impact your day at all. Um, or you can subscribe and it'll tell you every time a new episode comes up, which is really good too. Um, and if you haven't already Follow me on Instagram at timespent underscore podcasts for all your football, Star Wars, movie, TV, basic day-to-day needs. Um, if you are in Victoria or New South Wales or any part of the world uh, that it is still in lockdown, uh, we're nearly there. We're getting through it. Got to get those vaccinations in. If you're not vaccinated, get it done. You're doing yourself and everyone a favor. Feels like it's nearly done. Feels like it's not nearly done, but it feels like we're nearly done having to worry too much about COVID. So uh, yeah, we're, we're all getting there slowly. All right. Thanks heaps for listening to this one, guys. I will catch you next time. Bye.